And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Got Zach and Elizabeth. And so they were, look, look, verse 6. Very good key right here. This is what God says about them. And they were both righteous in the sight of who? God. God didn't give them a bad attitude. And God's not looking at you. God is looking at you as righteous through the blood of Jesus. You ought to have a good attitude. I don't care what's going on. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blameless in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Well, pastor, you know, I I just hadn't kept all the commandments and the requirements. Then right now, just repent in your heart and then you get right. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Jesus, just come, forgive me, Holy Spirit, help me. I want to be a stronger Christian. I'm tired of circumstances beating me down. I am not going to be moved. I am founded on the rock. His name's Jesus. We're going to live for Jesus, okay? And so we look, and, and they were both righteous. Remember that. We'll come back to it, hopefully. In verse 7, and yet they had no child because Elizabeth was infertile, and they were both advanced in years. I almost put sweater on, on my, I put stuff on me. Too old, too young. God told Jeremiah, mm, I told you to do this. He said, I'm too young. You're not too young, teenager. You're not too old, grandpa, grandma. We're not too old. Well, I'm not. You are well able to take the land. Okay. Let's get, let's get in faith today. This is what Christmas is about. Amen. And so now it happened while uh, that he was performing his priestly service before, the, before God in the uh, appointed order of his division. According to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So, so he's a priest, and he's going in to burn incense. And, and just what Miss Shirley didn't know what I was preaching, but she goes, there's angel visitations coming. You know what the Bible says in the last days? Angels are going to start visiting people. Yep. Now, now we're, going to teach, we're going to actually teach on that just a little bit. What do you do if an angel visits you? Okay. You haven't even ever thought about that, have you? How about what do you do when you have a dream? And a God dream. Somebody told me Saturday night that a famous news person had a godly dream 10 years ago, and a famous preacher, and I don't know, I, I don't know the preacher, but he said, I need you to come see me. Dude got in a plane, went, spent the night, had the same dream, went to the, to the minister's house, and the minister said, you know, God speaks to people today, and sometimes he speaks in visions and sometimes dreams, and you know what I'm talking about. And this newsman went, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it was about the demonic that's attacking America. Better get, your, better get your armor on, huh? Here we go. And so verse 9, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Now verse 10, and the whole multitude of people were in prayer outside in the hour of incense and offering. You know, I, I love to pray for people, but I have to lead you in prayer while we pray for somebody. Because your prayer is just as important as the people that are praying. And you need to be in agreement. You need to be in prayer when things are happening. When I'm preaching. While they're singing. You can stop singing and pray a little bit. You know. My son sent me a joke and said this. 
Guy said, I messed up and cooked chicken in my mama's anointing oil. He said, I've been shouting for three, three days now, and I don't know what happened. <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway, in verse 11, and so, and, and now an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John. That's John the Baptist for anybody that's not sure. And so, in verse 14, And you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice over his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine. And you know, it says, or liquor, some, some translations say beer. Yeah, they had beer. And so, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. Isn't that awesome? Because he's a, he's a person who can be. That's okay. We're not going there right now. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous to make ready a people prepared, get my lips right, prepared for the Lord. And say, we're that people. Are you prepared for the Lord? Well, he's here today and you're hearing the word and learning how to receive from God. Okay? Now, Zechariah said to the angel, well, how can this be? You know, I think there's a little more attitude in the negative because when you hear what the angel's response is, you'll see that this question was in unbelief. Oh, man, I'm going to know this. I'm an old, my wife's old and advanced in years. How are we going to know this? You know, he starts off respecting the angel, kind of in fear, but his attitude kept him from receiving this. The attitude that came out of his mouth. Got to watch your words. You got to get your words in line. You got to say the right thing. You can't walk around, well, you're not going to be blessed, and we're going to show how to get blessed. Let's keep going. Verse 19. And the angel said to him, and the angel kind of got, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. That's how you're going to know. And he's about to shut him up. Now, verse 19, then the angel said to him, I'm, uh, verse 20, and behold, and behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Now, I, I know I, I would love to be able to pray for somebody so they shut their mouth. <laughs> and I need to be able to pray to shut my mouth. But you know what? It's called obedience. John had to be born. And this was actually a sign too that this was a supernatural thing happening. And God's not only did this before John, and he's not going to do it for you. He wants you to take care of your own mouth. Matter of fact, you've got the Holy Spirit. Zach did not. And the Holy Spirit said, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. No, now you're in trouble. Get your mouth in line with God's word. 
Get your mouth in line with the Scripture. Get your mouth in line with the attitude of faith. God's got me. God's got me. I am placing myself in the hands of God, and I'm not going to let my mouth take me out of the hands of God. Okay, let that sit there just for a minute. All right. You will not, you'll be silent, unable, unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. And meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he repeatedly made signs to them and remained speechless. When the days of his priestly service were concluded, he went back home. Now, after these days, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months. This is what she said. This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among people. She's walking around for years with a bunch of disgrace going on. He said, our time has passed us. We're old. God can't use us anymore. How'd this be? We have been believing. We've been praying. We've been praying. And God said, you're righteous. God said, you've kept the commandments. I'm with you. But their eyes could not see. Oh, you know, God just, we've done something that, that's why we don't have any kids, because we've done something. You know how many people tell me when they get sick with a cancer or something, I don't know why this happened. There's a curse in the earth why it happened. There's a curse in the earth. Germs are floating around. Germs are in your body. You got to fight the curse. And you do it with an attitude of faith. God's on my side. God's with me. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. You better catch that one. Because some of y'all feeling alone, like you're having to face this stuff by yourself, but you're not alone. We got your back, and the Holy Spirit, better than us, God's got your back. He sent Jesus to have your back. So, there again, out of the abundance of the hearts, this disgrace, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Come on, get your heart in line with the Word of God. I have believed, therefore I have spoken. They believed the negative, and they spoke it, and they walked in the negative. And so the angel shut his mouth. Maybe the Lord's telling you to quit saying those things. Day late, dollar short. Man, if it's somebody going to get sick, it's going to be us. It's our family. Quit saying that. You're setting yourself up to get it. I don't care if you believe in that. It's true. I'm trying to help you to understand how words work. That's next Sunday service, so get here and be ready and wear your sweater. Number two, let's dig into Mary a little bit now. Look at her response. Mary had an attitude of faith. And we'll explain why Mary had an attitude of faith. You ever wonder why Mary had an attitude of faith? We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about some history, but we're going to look at the word. In Luke one twenty six, it just picks up. Now in the sixth month, and this has got to be probably the sixth month of, of Elizabeth's pregnancy. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, Favored one, 
highly favored one. Some translations say, the Lord is with you. Everybody say, the Lord is with me. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came on the inside of you, and he's with you. That's something you need to say all the time. The Lord's with me. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. You need to learn that the greater one is in me. Greater is he's in me than he's in the world. You know, my great-grandmother, uh, she would hear bad news, and she would go, she'd shake her head, and she'd go, there's a wash day coming, children. There's a wash day coming. She's talking about Jesus coming back and going to clean this earth up. A bad news. Well, guess what? We have the greater one. And we can, start to be, we can start changing the bad news, huh? Come on. So, so uh, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Verse 29, but she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering. Uh, same thing, Zacharias. What, what kind of greeting? Is, who is this? What kind of greeting was this? An angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, how does one find favor with God? It just doesn't happen. I think you got to be prepared. You got to expect some favor. How about you get ready for some favor? Y'all, anybody like favor other than me? I like favor. You know, I joke and play around a lot, and I, I was buying some clothes one time, and I said, you know, you got to give me the ugly man discount. And the dude looked at me and started laughing. He goes, I'll give you 20% off. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You know, no matter what your lot is, you got to take advantage of life. God wants to favor you. And God found favor in Mary. And, and, and I'm going to take some things from church history too, but I'm going to show you some stuff. So how did she get favor? Because we're all chosen to have favor. Well, you know, God must love you. Brother, a whole lot more than me. Ah, wrong answer. That's the wrong attitude. If God's blessing him, whoo, let me get under the spout because God wants to bless me too. Amen. That's the attitude. If God healed him, whoa, then God wants to heal me. Amen. That's the attitude. And so, you know, Jesus had grandmother, grandfather on both sides. You ever think about that? He had family. So just I'm going to give a rundown quick about Mary and the family, and, and we're going to learn some things from it, hopefully. Uh, Jesus' grandfather on Mary's side, or on Joseph's side, excuse me, was Jacob. That's what it says in Matthew 1. And uh, just, just, just a reminder, too, you know that Zechariah and Elizabeth, it, God said they fulfilled the commandments and the requirements of the Lord. Nod your head. So did Joseph. Remember when Jesus got lost at 12? Remember, they went every year to Jerusalem. They did the commandments and the requirements. That's why God chose Joseph, because he was faithful. He was a faithful man. And remember when Jesus went, and right after being tempted, goes in the synagogue, hand me the scroll, he read Isaiah, Spirit of God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You know what I'm talking about? Right before it says that, he went to the synagogue, which was his custom. Is your custom to go to church? That's where the favors comes. Not, 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 not that, that we're the only church. Not that you can't get it outside, but this is where you get set up. This is where your hope gets built up. This is where you, you ready. You know, you can get fired up. And you, I'm going to charge hell with a squirt gun. I am ready. 
That's the attitude you ought to have. Whatever the devil brings to me, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to rebuke him, and I'm going to kick him out. Okay? That's what church is for, is to fire you up, to give you the weapons. The bullets are the Word of God, and you can speak into your life and speak to the devil and speak to, to whatever the devil, uh, the works of the devil. Because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So, Jesus' grandfather on Mary's side was Joachim. And, 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 and Jesus had cousins. Zachariah and Elizabeth were his cousins. John the Baptist was his cousins. Jesus had four brothers. Anybody name them? Wave at me if you can. Uh, somebody went like this. So. James, Joseph, Simeon, Judas. And he said he had sisters. So that's at least two. So that's seven. My math's right. Seven, at least seven brothers and sisters. Family. God is about family. Just want to remind you of that. And, and here's the thing. At Christmas time reminds people who lost loved ones, lost some family. Man, there's some family that I'm missing here last two years. But that's all right. We're still family. We're still going to see them again. And we're still going to walk with them again. So, so, so as we look at this, there's at least, the Bible talks about at least 14 of Jesus, of relatives in, that were relatives of Jesus in some way or another. 14 people. There was more than that. So Mary's parents was older. How do you know this, Pastor? People have went and, and, and interviewed people and talked to people, and they wrote it down in the day. Matter of fact, I, I was reading or listening to somebody, and uh, the emperor of Rome, Constantine, he, brought, he made Christianity wide open in Rome. And his mother said, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to find out these holy places and if they're real. And she took a team with her, and they documented, and they interviewed great, great, great grandchildren of people who walked with Jesus, of people who were Christians when Jesus was alive, who knew the story. Luke, we're reading from Luke, and it's pretty much surmised that Luke went and talked to Mary because Mary was living with John. Did y'all know that? Remember on the cross, Jesus said, this is your mother? And she went at one point, church history says, she went and lived with John. How about being Luke and sitting down and, uh, Mary, tell me about it. You know, you was there when he was born. You were there when the angel came. Tell me that story. You were there when you lost him at 12, but they were probably with family. You know, you'd look at the back row of kids we had, and you know, up and around in here, and they, one can go missing pretty easy. And you think of the, you know, look at the movie Home Alone. <laughs> Don't blame the parents, because, you know, when you, if you have a runaway and you know what I'm talking about, you, it's hard to keep up with them. And so the whole thing is they had family. She was there. She was there when he did the first miracle. She probably saw other miracles. She was there when he was crucified, and they took his body down and put it in a tomb. She was probably there when he was raised from the dead. She was there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. She was one of the 120. Did you know that? She was, there was other women in the 120 when the Spirit of God was poured out. Mary was there. 
She saw it from beginning to end. And Luke, when he starts, I left off the first scripture. I, I, I've got to write down all these details. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm pulling from stuff from, uh, actually Rick Renner has a great teaching on this and about the history of Mary and Joseph. So, Mary's dad, church history tells us, was a scroll scholar. He worked for the church. They were at church. He was at church every day, going through the scrolls. He was the manager of the scrolls. Don't you know Mary was in church? Don't you know Mary was taught the word of God? Don't you know that prepared her for the favor of God? He taught that she was taught the word of God. She, Joseph was faithful to go to, to the synagogue, or we say church. She was faithful to go to church. Wasn't an option. Is school an option for your children? Jesus is not an option. Don't let Jesus be an option for your children. Teach them the word of God. Put the word of God in their heart. Pray for them. Lay hands on them. Believe God for them. Teach them to believe God. I use that same story that this, this young lady and her parents said, when you answer the phone, you say, I believe God. They were spreading her mouth. They were putting in her mouth, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. They would call her and test her. Hey, we're going to the grocery store. We'll be back. And they would call. And this was before caller ID. And she'd answer the phone. Hello. You're not supposed to answer the phone that way. I believe God. Can everybody say, I believe God? Mary was taught to believe God. She was taught that. If her dad is a scroll scholar, she's taught the word of God. She was at the church from, from uh, probably went to church six days after she was born and dedicated. Matter of fact, they said in church history that her parents couldn't have children. And they said, Lord, if you give us a child, we'll dedicate her to the Lord. That's written down. It might remind you of Hannah, doesn't it? And, and, and Uncle Samuel. We'll call him uncle. I'll take him as an uncle any day. Because we're family. Okay. So she was taught to obey God her whole life. She saw it all. So let's read verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb. This is the angel talking. To give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Mary's response. Let's compare it to Zacharias. Are you ready? And Mary said to the angel, how's this? How, wait a minute now. In the natural course of things, you know, you have the S-E-X word. There's, you know, youth are in here. They know what that is. I'm helping you. That's sex, okay? And for the older ones. And so, uh, just saying, y'all. Y'all don't know. You're learning. How will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel said and answered to her. And see, she didn't get the rebuke because, all right, how's this going to happen? Because, you know, a lot of times we question, man, is that really for me? Because, you know, when I read the word that God really wants me to have favor and blessing, I'm like, well, that might have, that works for some people. I had to change my attitude. I had to change my attitude. I had that Zachariah attitude. 
when I really started digging in the Word, and I'm like, mm, man, that's far-fetched. Really? But God took me on a journey and began developing me and changing me from job to job, from people to people who poured into my life, people who spoke into my life. It's a journey. It's not just, oh, it's going to come on me. Who I'm the Hulk now. No, no. It's a journey that you're going to walk with God and you're going to live by the Word and you're not going to change no matter what happens. I told my wife, somebody told me, said my, this guy told me, my wife said, if you, if you don't quit going to church and if you don't start partying with me on Friday and Saturday night, I'm going to leave you. And so I'm counseling this guy. And I go home to Lisa and I said, if you ever say that if I have to quit church or choose you, bye, I choose God. And she does too. She would never do that. But here's my point. When you put your spouse ahead of God, when you put your children ahead of God, you're putting a bullseye on them. How's it ever going to get to you? Just touch one of your kids. Touch your spouse. Well, I couldn't live without my baby. No, no, I can't live without Jesus. And Jesus is going to help me take care of my baby. And God's my king. Jesus is my Lord. I'm on. He's the father, and he's going to help me take care of my family. I can't do it without him. So Mary said, how's this going to be? And the, and the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, also the holy child will be called the Son of God. Somebody said it like this. The holy of holies was transferred into Mary. And her womb became the holy of holies and the son of God, who was man, who was God, the incarnation. And she gave birth to him. The word became flesh. Whoo, we could go for two or three hours on that, so we will next Sunday. So bring some lunch. Anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. So verse 35, the angel said, let's go to verse 36. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth herself has conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called infertile is now in her sixth month. Verse 37, read it with me. For nothing will be impossible with God. Jesus made it where we all can have that nothing will be impossible with God. Can you, can you even get it out of your mouth and do it without doubting that nothing is impossible with God? Well, Pastor Brett, I, I know a circumstance that happened. No. We don't live by circumstances. We live by the Word of God. I know it's hard because you've been living by your flesh and your feelings and, and, and oh, oh. Man, this generation and, and, you know, the last 25 years, people have been living by their feelings. Uh, this, guy, this guy talked to, to two weeks ago. He's over a whole warehouse. And, and, and he said, he walked by somebody and said, hey, we got to get these boxes shipped today. I'm having an anxiety attack. Just give me a minute. Well, if you know what it is, then go get some help for it. Instead of just recognizing that you got a problem, well, I got a problem, and you want to live in it? This is my anxiety. It's like a cat. This is, this is my bursitis. Y'all, look at you know, look, look, look at that. There it is. Isn't it cute? No, it's not. 
It's not something that jurors. It's not, it doesn't belong to you. It came from the devil. It needs to go back to the devil. Amen. Quit have, playing a pity call. Feel, you feel, feel my hand. You feel sorry for me? Yeah. That don't help me any. It don't help me any at all. My emotions, if you're crying and I don't cry, I'm trying to get in some faith here. And I have cried too and called people, I need some help. That's why, we, that's why it's called the prayer of faith. The, 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 call the elders of the church. And the prayer of faith will raise them up. Amen. You call somebody when you're down, you need to call somebody to pick you up, not feel sorry for you. And you oh, yeah, I've been there too. Well, now we're going deeper. So, nothing shall be impossible. Come on, it's our job as a church to always bring hope. When we say nothing's impossible with God, it brings hope. Grab a hold of the hope today. Come on, you, or, or tomorrow. Miss Shirley has always said, your first response to trouble will set your course. Be careful how you respond to bad news. And if you respond in a bad way, like, oh, it's over, you need to rebuke that, stop that. No, I'm going to win. And, and, and so, and somebody said, well, you're going to win even if you die. Well, I don't want to die, but yet let's take death off the table. If the devil can hold death over you, you're going to live in fear. God hadn't called us to live in fear of death. Precious are the death of the saints. When, it, when, it's, when I go, it's going to be precious in the eyes of God. And I'm going to fight until I go. I'm not giving up. God's called us to live a long life and to fight the good fight of faith. And you need to learn how to encourage yourself and have others to encourage you. Quit being so proud. You can't let have people encourage you. Come on. Hey, I'm calling somebody. And the Lord, I said, all right, Lord. And you know what? When I'm down, I say, Lord, who do I need to call? If I'm going through it, somebody else is probably going through it. And it'll bless me. Huh? So call somebody that'll fire you up. Okay, let me get off of that. Let's go. And Mary said, now this is what Mary said, and this is what we need to learn to say. Behold the Lord's bondservant, maidservant, bondservant. Bondservant's a little bit better. Some translations say maidservant, but it's anybody. Behold the Lord's bondservant. May it be done to me according to your word. Have you ever said that? Okay, Lord, this is just, this is too impossible. But wait a minute. The word says nothing is impossible. And if this is your word that Jesus came to bear my sickness and infirmities according to Matthew 8, 17, be it unto me according to your word. I'm grabbing hold of that. You know, I always say get your catcher's mitt out. That's a catcher's mitt statement. I got that one. Looked like the devil hit a home run. Pop, nope. I got the promise of God. Now, the promise of God. The promises of God are yes and amen. Peter said, by these great and precious promises, you might be a partaker of the divine nature of God. What's the, what, what promise are you standing on? I'm going to turn this way because nobody's going to raise their hand. I'm going to talk to him. You got to get a promise in your mouth. If you're sick, Galatians 3.13 is a good one. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. The curse came, but Jesus 
bore my curse on the cross. Cursed is he that hangs upon the tree. That's the, the cross represents the curse that was broken off of you. Amen. Woo! Five of us got it. The curse has been broken. So I've been redeemed. Can you say it with me? I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. For Christ, for me. Now stop. You say, well, pastor, I got sin in my life. Then repent and put on righteousness. Dust off that sin, get washed in the blood, put on your robe of righteousness. Now you're righteous. Come on, it's a confession. With the confession, the mouth, as righteousness comes. Romans 10, 9 and 10, confess with your mouth. The righteous says on this wise, we are the righteousness of God. I try to break that off of us because we have too much of a sin nature. Sin this, sin that. I miss this, I miss that. No, I'm walking in Christ. There's a hundred scriptures to being in Christ. If any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's the righteousness of God. He's a new creation. In Christ, realities. Woo, wait a minute. Then you can start getting like, glory be to God. I'm going somewhere to happen because I'm in Jesus. I'm representing Jesus now. It's not the pastor's job. It's your job. My job to load your gun. Galatians 3.13. Let's slide that in there. Matthew 8.17. Isaiah 53. He was acquainted with sickness. He carried disease. Sin. He was chastised for your peace. That's why Jesus came. Mm-hmm. So, a maidservant or a bond servant is a servant available to do any assignment from God. But you know what we do? I don't want to do that. Lord, send Denise. Where's Miss Shirley at? Whew, Miss Shirley? Lord, oh, no, Lord, here am I. Use me. Use me, Lord. A friend of mine and I, we were driving down the road listening to the radio, and it was on preaching, and we're talking about, man, just want to be used by God. Yeah, man, I want to be used by God, too. And him and I, we went to the jail together, and we uh, went with a group, and we did Bible studies in the jail, and we went, and, and he played the guitar, and we'd both sing and uh, go to homeless shelters or whatever, and we just, just, just want to be used, Lord, just use me. And we're just, in our mouth, we're saying, Lord, just use me. And all of a sudden on the radio, the preacher stops and says, you say, use me, use me, use me. But the Lord says, he's waiting on you. Step out, step out, step out. We pulled the car over and got up and did one of them little dances around the car. Because we're talking about, Lord, use me. And the Lord, that, that was probably, I don't know tell him when that was recorded. Talking about the timing of God. God said, it's time for you to step out. So I'm saying to you, it's time for you to step out. Just obey the Lord. Pick up the phone. You got one. I know you got a phone because you walked in like this. But how about encouraging somebody? How about praying for somebody? How about, you know, going to somebody, baking cookies for somebody, even when it's not Christmas time? Use me, Lord. I am your bondservant. Here am I, Lord. Ooh, but you know what? We get that, we get that attitude of, oh, don't, I don't want to do that. Man, the Lord told me I need to work in the nursery, and I've been rebuking the devil all week. Uh, wrong answer. The devil ain't going to tell you to work in the nursery. He's going to say, let them babies cry and let you know. No, nah, he don't like your kids. 
Well, I, I don't be talking about the devil too much, huh? Mary had the right attitude to hear and obey God, and that's the attitude of faith. I'm getting ready to close. I'm going to close with this. So what do you do if an angel comes to talk to you? What if you do if you have a dream? Then you keep your mouth shut and you wait until you get some confirmation. Because if you go off and say, you know, an angel appeared to me, an angel appeared to me. It's the weirdest thing, but an angel appeared to me. And everybody's going to go, they're weird. Stay away from them. They're weird. Mary goes straightway to the hill country to Elizabeth. And she said, Elizabeth, are you here? And immediately when she said, Elizabeth, she knew it was Mary, and the Spirit of God came on Elizabeth, and a Spirit of God came on another woman here, and she began to prophesy and sing. But she said, why, why have you come to me, you who carry the Son of God, you who are pregnant with my Lord? Why have you come to my house? And the Spirit of God came on her, and she began to prophesy and to sing, and it was all confirmation from Mary that everything she heard was true. And she was already pregnant. Already pregnant. Nothing but the Spirit of God confirmed it. So, you know what? If you read the story and keep going, and the next chapter, Mary said, all these things she pondered in her heart. She kept them close and remembered. And then there's some things that God wants to bring to remembrance to some of y'all that you've left on the, sh on the shel shelter or you on the shelf. You've left on the shelf, and, and, and God wants to stir that back up. Maybe you got a word from God. God said, you know, I don't want this to happen in your life, and you, maybe you forgot about it. God's going to remind you. Then start meditating on it. Start expecting it. Start expecting some confirmation. Man, Elizabeth gave her some confirmation. God wants to confirm things in your life. He wants to bless you. He wants only good for you. But too many of us walk around, well, man, they look at me, and man, I know people judge me. I walk in here. Uh, I know people think bad about me. I've been married three times. You know what God said? Go back and read what he said about Zechariah and Elizabeth. Blessed. Favored. Your prayers have come before God. Maybe, oh, you know, I've, I've just had a bad, you know, God doesn't want to bless me. Come on, that's the wrong attitude. Get in, get in line. You see, you see, here's the thing. I heard a prophet say this, and, and that, that the blessings of God pool in a certain place. How about a certain place here, and you need to get in line with it? How about you need to get in line with what God's Word says? That's why I push the Word of God so much, because it's supposed to change us. If you deal with anxiety, it is real. It is real. I'm not making fun of it. It is real, but go after it. Break it off of your life. If you're sick, go after it. Get out. I serve the Most High God. I am a bondservant to the Lord. Come on, it's time to change who we are on the inside. Then the outside begins to change. Out here, be like Mary. Whew, I'm going to serve God. Do you know the embarrassment that came? Come on, don't sit there and think that, you know what, she's a pregnant teenager. She was betrothed to Joseph at that betrothed. That's a year. She spent a year getting ready to get married. I need two days of counseling. I'm fixing to get married. I had somebody, hey, you're passing through town. Can you marry us this week, this Friday? I'm like, what? 
you're not even ready. You're getting married because you don't have a vehicle. He needs a ride to work. Come on, it's serious. They spent a year. They, she was getting ready. And in the middle of this, the angel comes. And Joseph wants to put her away. Y'all know the story. I'm going over this. Listen to me. But the angel appeared to Joseph. Miss Shirley just gave us a word. Angels are coming. Come on, in a dream, in a vision. And God will speak to anybody and everybody. And get ready. Bow your heads. Holy Spirit, you're our God, our comfort, our strength, and our shield. Speak to hearts today. If you don't know Jesus as Lord, if you've never prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart, will you do that today? You say, Pastor, I, I don't think I've ever asked Jesus to come into my heart. But you know what? I need him in my life. If that's you, just slip your hand up where I can see it, and let me pray for you. Why, why lift your hand? Because you've got to make a commitment to God, not to me. Maybe you're here today, and you haven't been living for the Lord. You got saved a long time ago. And you say, I need to come back. I need to get my life right. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I see your hand, your hand. I see your hands, ladies, through all three of you. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand, ma'am. The Holy Spirit, see, he's the one that convicts. And the Holy Spirit's the one that wants you to turn your heart and give it to him. Let's all pray this with everybody today. We're coming back to Jesus. We want a stronger salvation in our lives. Say this with me. Say, Father, I believe that I am a child of God because of the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice for me. He said he would not cast me away but he would draw me closer. Here am I, Lord. I'm coming closer. I want to be your servant. I want you to be my Lord. Tell me what to do. Come into my life in a greater way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're not quite through, but I want to, I want to leave you with this one thing. And it's kind of crazy, but it's the Holy Spirit. Do you know how important it is to brush your teeth every day? It's important. It may be monotonous. Let me get my toothbrush and brush my teeth. But it saves these things. When you get into the Word every day and you may, I don't even understand that. Stay in the Word and let the Holy Spirit make it come alive for you. Start in John. Stay in the New Testament and read it and read it and it'll become alive to you. And I know you may be monotonous if you start reading Matthew and he beget that and he beget that. And, but stay with it. Stay with it. It's the, it's the monotonous things of life that changes our life. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.